Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of 2020, the season that never was. The story of what could have been for the Dandy Casuals Football Club if we didn't have a global pandemic and all local sport was ruthlessly cast aside. I'm Jared Wills. These episodes do require a bit of production, so if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far and you haven't done so yet, please do us a massive favour and subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends on social media. Your support has got us this far and will help us to continue making more episodes. Anyway, enough of the formalities. Let's get back into it. We pick up the story on Monday morning in the week of round 10. Freddy's alarm goes off. He sits up in bed. The magnitude of what lies ahead of him this week begins to dawn on him. His football club is in all kinds of shit after a massive all-in brawl on Saturday that resulted in the match being abandoned. It was a brawl that broke out after Demir's A-League prospect son Luca was chopped twice while attempting to score his fourth goal in only the first 10 minutes of the game. Off the field, Breddy is at war with the manager of the club's best player, Justo, who is threatening to trade him. And that's just the football side of things. Cosmetic sales are down 6.3% for the quarter to date, and he needs to present to the board tomorrow and convince them on how he is going to meet their mandatory 15% year-on-year sales growth target. Keeping up with the expectations of an industry that exists purely to prey on the insecurity set by unrealistic societal standards on women is a much tougher task than the young corporate originally thought. He reflects momentarily on simpler times in the confectionery industry when pushing obesity and diabetes was the only objective. Morning paper for you, sir? Asks Brady's butler, standing at the end of his bed with a newspaper rolled up under his arm. Uh, yes. Thank you, Basil. Brady takes the newspaper and starts scanning the front cover. Hey, um, Basil? He says, raising his eyes slightly from the newspaper. I need you to find me a new secretary by 9am this morning. Busy week this week. Yes, of course, sir. I'll get straight onto it. Basil then swiftly exits the room and gets straight onto the task of finding his master a new secretary. Freddy reads the paper for a few minutes before he gets up and swaps his silk pyjamas for an Armani suit in readiness to go to the office. He arrives at his private office on the 97th floor of the cosmetic giant's headquarters at 8.30am. There is a new face sitting at the secretary's desk outside of his office. She stands up to greet him as he approaches. She's in her late 20s, a stunning brunette with olive skin. She's wearing a business shirt with the first few buttons undone, exposing some of her chest. A business blazer over the top and her skirt is pretty short. Uh, hi, I'm Brett. Says Brady immediately. Before she can introduce herself, Brady walks straight past her and closes his office door behind him. Nice work, Basil. He says to himself as he hangs his suit jacket up on his wall-mounted coat rack that is made from Thai elephant tusks. The phone rings just outside Brady's office. The new secretary answers. Hello, Brett's office? Yes, that's correct. Okay, yes. Yes, of course, sir. And your name is? Okay, great. Thank you, Mr. McSquire. Okay, I'm just looking at his calendar now. There's a pause as she scans his calendar. Okay, Mr. McSquire. So he has a 15-minute window at 10.45 tonight. No, that's PM. Yes. Yes, that's right. He's a very busy man, Mr. 
Esquire. Yes, yes, very important job. Okay, great. We'll see you then. Bye. Excuse me, Brett. The secretary's voice comes through the intercom on Brady's mahogany desk. Brady leans over to the intercom. Yes, uh, what is it? Terry McSquire called. I've scheduled him to meet you at 10.45pm. Uh, great, thanks. Brady leans back on his velvet office chair. I'm gonna destroy that McSquire cunt. <laughs> he says, chuckling to himself. A notification goes off on Brady's computer. He has a new email. He looks at his inbox to see that it's from the Church's League. Ah, fuck, here we go. The email reads, Dear Brett, Following an incident involving your club, the Dandy Casuals Football Club, on Saturday, a representative or representatives from your club is required to attend a tribunal hearing tomorrow night at 7pm at League Headquarters. Yours sincerely, League President. Don't any of these cunts have jobs? Asks Brady out loud in frustration. Seriously, who the fuck is available that early on a weeknight? He takes a photo of the email on his screen and sends it straight to the WhatsApp leadership group. We're up at the fucking tribunal again tomorrow, writes Brady under the screenshot. He then writes, This is not my doing. You three all ran on and started this fight. You really should be the ones going to get us out of this shit. Tommy then writes, Yeah, you're right, Brady. Sorry, mate, we can go and represent. Not a fucking chance, writes Brady. I can't trust you cunts to keep your hands to yourself and not punch the first person that says something you don't agree with. As per usual, I will have to get us out of this shit. Why even suggest it then, Brady? writes Corker. Brady leans forward and presses the buzzer on his intercom. Yes, Brett? The nameless secretary's voice replies. Clear my schedule from 6 until 11 tomorrow night, please. Yes, of course, Brett. The attractive but still nameless secretary replies. He leans back on his velvet office chair and takes a deep breath. (sighs) Now for the real problems. How the fuck am I going to single-handedly save the Australian economy and get these fucking cosmetic sales back up? He then opens up a big spreadsheet that has a lot of numbers and columns on it. Now, we could go into a heap of detail about what is on this spreadsheet and describe it using wanky abbreviations like GM and ROI. You know, the kind of terms that corporates use to make themselves sound smart and to help justify their meaningless roles. But let's be honest, though. Nobody listening to this could give a fuck about any of that. So we'll move on with the story. We skip forward to 10.45pm on Monday night. Freddy is madly trying to put together his presentation for the board meeting tomorrow morning. Excuse me, Brett? The smoking hot and still nameless secretary says through the intercom. Now what the fuck is it now? Freddy snaps, clearly annoyed that he's been interrupted again. I can get anything done around here. Player manager Terry McSquire is here to see you. (sighs) Freddy sighs. He then saves his PowerPoint presentation and closes it. He leans back in his velvet office chair and picks up his exclusive private school's branded fountain pen. Send him in. He says, leaning into the intercom. The door to Brett's private office opens and Justo's player manager Terry enters the room. All right, Brett. You mind if I come in? Yeah, sure. Come in and have a seat. Brett refuses to stand up or shake his hand. He maintains his pose of leaning back in his velvet office chair, with his right elbow resting on his mahogany desk. He's twiddling his exclusive private school's branded fountain pen in his hand. 
Terry notices the pen and says, I was going to send my kids to that school, but then decided not to. Huh? Yeah, I heard there's a pretty poor career success rate with students after school there. Steam starts coming out of Breddy's ears. Terry has pushed his buttons real hard with his opening sentence. He concentrates and tries to hold his cool for a moment, staring straight at Terry with no expression before he speaks. Say, Terry... He says through gritted teeth. The reason I got you in here is we need to sort out this stuff with Justo. Of course. So, I've come prepared with a couple of potential trade destinations for my client. Hang on, wh- what? Trade options? Nobody's getting fucking traded, mate. We need to work out how we can keep Justo happy at this club. I'm not agreeing to him going anywhere. Well, that's, that's fine, because your breach of his contract means that his contract is now void. Therefore, it doesn't really matter what you agree or disagree with. I'm doing this purely out of common courtesy to get you some compensation for his departure. There's silence. Brady is fuming. Unacceptable. Justo is a casuals player. He's not going anywhere. Get him on the phone right now, will you? He won't answer any of my phone calls, which I'm sure you fucking put him up to. I need to talk to him now. I'm sick of going through you and your fucking manipulations. There's another pause of silence. Then Terry calmly speaks. Okay, Brett, so Knox have expressed their interest in my client, and so have Beric. His preferred destination, however, is well, somewhere... What part of Justo isn't going anywhere do you not understand? Perhaps you should have read over the contract he signed with you two years ago. You'll see that you've clearly breached it and that his contract is now void. Brett, stays quiet. He's absolutely seething but his mind is working a hundred miles an hour on a solution. He taps his exclusive private school's branded fountain pen as he thinks. Look, um, does your wife like beauty products? What? Terry has a confused look on his face. I can hook you up with a few grand's worth of gear if you can just somehow work out a way that he stays with us. Get yourself in the good books with the boss. No, no, Brett. That, that's not how it works, I'm afraid. Look, Terry, take a few beauty packs with you. I can throw in some cash to go with it too, if you want. Everyone's happy. What do you say? Terry doesn't answer. He doesn't look impressed. There's more silence before Breddy speaks again. Look, what's it going to take? Breddy starts to get desperate. There's more silence. Terry has a look of contemplation on his face. Brett, maybe there is one thing. Yeah, what is it? Name your price. The two of them are staring each other down across Breddy's mahogany desk. Well... What's it going to be? Terry thinks for a few moments longer. Well, Brett, you you could maybe, you know. He darts his eyes suggestively down towards his own crotch. He tilts his head to further hint at what he's suggesting. Brett's eyes widen. He places his hands firmly on his mahogany desk. His back stiffens up against the back of his velvet office chair. What's the... Fuck did you just say? He says quietly, seething with rage. There's a pause. Then Terry continues calmly with his offer. Come on, Brett. You know how this game works. You know how shit gets done in this world. You're a handsome young man. I'm a man with certain needs. Help me out with this little favour and maybe we can just forget about all this contract nonsense. What do you say? Again, he glances down suggestively at his crotch. Get the fuck out of my office now! Brady is absolutely fuming with anger. Terry then stands up and adjusts his tie. 
All right, fine, Brett. Have it your way. If you happen to change your mind, though, here is my home address. He quickly jots down his address on a post-it note and slides it across the desk to him. He gives Brady a wink. I'll, uh, I'll see myself out. Terry then turns and leaves Brady's office and closes the door behind him. Brady is left sitting in his velvet office chair in absolute disbelief. He is just staring straight ahead into space. His body is filled with rage. He snaps and throws his pen as hard as he can across the room. He slams his fist down on his mahogany desk. The young secretary's voice comes through the intercom. Is everything all right in there, He yells as he cuts her off. He then opens his PowerPoint presentation on his computer and starts slamming his fingers in anger on the keyboard as he types. Not a good start to the week for the young corporate baller. We move forward to 9am on Tuesday morning. Freddy is in the cosmetics giant's headquarters boardroom, trying to connect his laptop to the big screen for his presentation. The CEO and other board members are chatting amongst themselves while Brady gets himself sorted. How are you going there, son? Nearly ready to uh, rock and roll? The CEO inquires. Yep, yep, nearly ready, sir. Ah, good. Hey, uh, you're looking a bit worse for wear there, son. Late one last night, was it? Brady looks up straight away. Yeah, uh, just putting the figures together for this morning, sir. Hang on a minute. Says the CEO, waving his finger at Brady. He has a smirk on his face. You had that suit and shirt on yesterday. Uh, you didn't go home uh, last night, did you, son? Brady's face instantly goes red. You got lucky, didn't you, son? Go on, then. Who was she? The CEO she? probes a little bit further, assuming that it was definitely a female. Oh, God, why me? Brady mutters to himself. There's an awkward silence. Well, how about a round of applause for the kid? The CEO says to his other board members... The kid has got himself some action. Well done, young man. Well, come on. Well done, Good work. The board members all start obediently applauding Brady for his perceived efforts. The CEO then continues to raise the inappropriateness even more. I... It wasn't that smoking hot little brunette thing you hired yesterday, was it, son? What's her name again? It wasn't her, no. Ah, well, that's a shame. She really is something. You should get in there before somebody else does, son. The CEO then stands up and pats Brady on the back. Well, whoever she was, son, we're proud of your efforts. He waves his finger at Brady as he rests his hand on his shoulder. You know what? You might just make it in this game, son. The CEO is glowing with pride. Brady is highly embarrassed. Only it was the fucking secretary. He mutters to himself. He eventually manages to divert their attention back to his presentation. He gets through the presentation smoothly. At the end, the CEO questions him on a bunch of irrelevant shit that will now take Brady about a week of late nights and early mornings to follow up on. A typical power move that Brady will one day also do to his own employees. If he doesn't do it already. Hey, Brady. Three different people offer high fives for Brady as he walks back to his private office. Word is spread about his perceived achievement. the mad rooter. Says James from accounts. Oh, way to go, Brady, eh? Says Ivan from IT. Jack from marketing sees Brady and gives him a big wink and a grin as he walks past in the corridor. He offers a high five for Brady. One of the girls from the data centre gives Brady a filthy look up and down as he walks past. Disgusting. Brady arrives back to his private office on the 97th floor. 
He slumps down behind his mahogany desk into his velvet office chair and opens up his daily sales report. The door opens and the smoking hot new secretary comes in. I've updated your calendar for you today, sir. She says to Brady as she hands him a printout of it. Thanks. He snatches the printout off her without even making eye contact. He waves her away and starts scanning over it. The secretary walks back to her desk and closes the door behind her. Fuck! Tribunal tonight! Oh, completely forgot. Can this day get any fucking worse? Just as he says that, his phone beeps. He looks down to see a text message from Terry McSquire. He hesitantly opens it. It reads, Hey, Big Breddy, it was a pleasure doing business with you last night. Just letting you know that Justo's contract still stands. He will be at training tonight. Breddy throws his phone away and instantly reaches for the office bin and starts vomiting into it. We move forward to 7pm on Tuesday night and training is going ahead at Southern Reserve. Corker has instructed everybody to push ahead with this week as if everybody is playing until they hear otherwise from the league. Justo is one of the first guys to arrive. Oh, the boys are all super relieved oh, hey, to see hey, that he has recovered from his oh, mystery illness. What, what happened to you, mate? Asks Big Adzi. Uh, just a bit under the weather for a few days. Good to go now, though. Good to be back. Replies Justo. Oh, Monty here, dives mate. in and oh. gives him a hug. We were so worried about you, mate. Oh, oh, thank uh, God you're okay. Uh, Justo okay. awkwardly accepts yeah. Monty's hug. Thanks, mate. Over at League Headquarters, Brady has just arrived for the tribunal hearing. He enters the building and sees the League President seated up the front of the room with two other panellists either side of him. Oh, Brett, come in. Let's get started. <sighs> Should be fun. Brady walks up to the front of the room and takes a seat before them. Uh, just you tonight, is it, Brett? <sighs> yes, just me tonight. Yes, probably a smart move. I mean, seriously, who are those clowns you brought along with you last time? We should have given you more weeks for terrible judgment of character. <laughs> Freddy just cops the league president's dig on the chin and says nothing. Oh, okay, well, let's get straight into it then. Yeah. Look, obviously you don't want to be here, and we don't want to be here either tonight, but here we are once again, thanks to you and your club. The Church's League have just about had enough of your club's continued antics in light of this, we are just going to read out our sanctions and then you will have a right of reply. Brady takes a big gulp. Yeah, no worries. The league president then begins reading from the A4 sheet in front of him. Violence is something that is completely unacceptable within our organisation. We cannot tolerate this under any circumstances. Your club's behaviour on the weekend was a massive violation against this. Brady shuffles awkwardly in his chair. Five of your players were involved in this blatant act of violence, plus your linesmen. This is an absolute disgrace, and therefore we are handing down the following sanctions. The Dandy Casuals Football Club will be suspended from participating in the Church's League for one week and will not be permitted to re-enter until an anger management course has commenced. Now, we have a course set up within our league that we can put you onto. However, until you have completed at least one session as a whole club, you will not be permitted to play in the Church's League again this year. Freddy bites his bottom lip and nods his head. His arms are nervously folded. Now, once this anger management course has been commenced, the following suspensions will commence. 
Tommy, two weeks for rough conduct. Andy, four weeks for striking and alleged abusive language. Jamie, eight weeks for unnecessary contact to an opponent's head with his boot. Demir, eight weeks for pitch invasion and striking. Corker, one week for pitch invasion. And Grizz, suspended from all linesman duties for the remainder of the season due to pitch invasion and striking. Freddie raises his eyebrows at the last one. Yeah, probably not a bad result for Grizz getting out of doing all this. He mutters to himself. Now, what about Big Adzi? Freddie asks, blatantly throwing Big Adzi under a bus. Adam was brutally attacked. He's lucky to be alive, according to the referee's report here. We have suspended his opponent for life. However, we recommend that Adam seriously consider enrolling himself in some self-defence classes. We can't afford to have somebody so helpless participate in a contact sport like this. I mean, seriously, he'll probably end up in this situation again playing for you guys. <laughs> I wish I was handing him a suspension. But he just did not even get close to committing an offence according to this report. Points for trying, but unfortunately, you can't get suspended for being a punching bag. <laughs> Freddie is bemused by their blasé attitude towards Big Adzi's welfare. Is that everything? Uh, what? No bribes? No attempts at corruption, Brett? <sighs> no. I accept your decision. Freddie's had the most humiliating 24 hours of his life. He's not going to push this one any further just in case the league president decides that he has a fetish for blonde boys in business attire and uses this as a bargaining tool. Okay then. That's that then. Uh, here's the details for the anger management course. If you can get the first class done by next week, you'll be eligible to play next week. But your club is suspended for this week, no matter what. Freddie then stands up and takes the anger management class details from the league president. <sighs> I'll be off then. Yes, uh, no worries, Brett. Thanks. Freddie then turns and walks towards the exit at the back of the room. Oh, uh, Brett, uh, one more thing. Freddie stops in his tracks and hesitantly turns around. Uh, what now? Uh, say hi to Justo for us. Yeah, we heard he was crook and had to miss last week's game. Hope he's feeling better. Oh, we love that guy. <laughs> Freddie's whole body shudders at the thought of Justo's name. He keeps walking. He exits the building into the car park and jumps into his black BMW and burns off into the night. The following day, Brett sends a message to the boys to inform them of the tribunal's decision. He tells them they have this Saturday free and that he's booked the first anger management class for next Tuesday night at the club. The boys all do their own thing on Saturday and freshen up ready for next week. And that brings this week's episode to an end. What a big week it was for the self-appointed head coach of the Dandy Casuals Football Club. He'd have to consider himself to have broken even. The club has been suspended and forced to attend anger management classes for the second time in its proud history. On the other hand, though, Brady managed to get Justo back at the club, all without anybody noticing that he ever left. Join us next week to see if the Dandy Casuals Football Club can get through their first anger management session and earn their way back into the league. Remember, if you'd like to throw some support behind this podcast and you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends on social media. Your support has got us this far, 
and will help us to create more episodes. Until next week, I'm Jared Wills. This is 2020, the season that never was.